Hello and welcome to Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where Macintosh and Mod force each other to watch movies they should have already seen. I'm David, aka Macintosh. And I'm Diana, aka Mod. What are we watching this week? So this week we made David watch Goonies. So those of you who don't know, here's a little synopsis. In order to save their home from foreclosure, a group of misfits sets out to find a pirate's ancient valuable treasure. Film came out in 1985. It was directed by Richard Donner. And it was written, the story is by Steven Spielberg. And the screenplay was by Chris Columbus. This is actually one of his first Movies. I mean, do you know? Do you know who Richard Donner is? Because he's a big name too. That's Lethal Weapon. That's Superman Two. Um, so he did all the Lethal Weapon movies. He did a lot of stuff with Mel Gibson. Superman Two. Scrooge. He directed. Yeah. Oh, he did Maverick, which I love. So Maverick. he's he's kind of an action comedy guy. That's that's his sweet spot in some ways. Well, and this this would go well with that. Yeah. So. All right, so Goonies. Um, okay, I was born in 1984, so this movie came out when I was one. So I didn't grow up seeing this a lot, but it was one of the movies that they played on TV. Yeah. So it was one of those I would catch periodically. So I, I just grew up seeing it on a Saturday or Sunday, but okay. only in pieces. And it's just, it's one of those classic movies that everyone talks about. Yeah, and everybody talks about it. So I don't know... I don't know, did I, if I came from a few years later where it just wasn't shown on TV anymore, because that's entirely possible, where it fell out of the rotation. Yeah. Because it did. It I mean, did. No, I, I completely agree. And that's, that's telling that, you know, this wasn't streaming anywhere for, for viewing, though I, I know it can't, it made a little bit of a comeback when Stranger Things came out, because there's clearly influence there, mm-hmm. but, um, it, I, it used to be one of those cable classics. Oh yeah, and I think it might still be. It is. It gets it gets on there. You know, on ABC Family and those types because it it doesn't. I mean, other than the fact that the kids say shit every five minutes, which is pretty funny. Which is going to be edited out of a of a yeah. TV version. I didn't. I was a little taken aback by that at first, but we'll we'll dive into that. I mean, the reason I never saw this movie, I, honestly, I think it was that by the time I even knew what it was. Mm-hmm. I had aged out of it. Okay, yeah. And I'm, after watching this, I've got a feeling like this is a movie that you really need to catch in the sweet spot of about 9 to 12. Yeah, you got to be a little bit younger to think how about cool. Because ultimately, this is a show about a bunch of kids who go on a on an adventure. Right. And it's, and that's fine. And that's all you have to accept to enjoy it. Yeah. Um. As an adult, I mean, I don't. It certainly doesn't hold up for me, um, especially all the foreclosures. Certain certain things don't hold up, but certain um, things do. I mean, okay. So let's talk about cast. Okay. There are three of the. Okay, there's some adults in there. I don't care. There's three kids that have grown up to still be big names in Hollywood. The main character, uh, Michael Walsh, is played by Sean Astin. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Brandon Walsh, or Brand, is played by Josh Brolin. This is his very first movie. 
and then uh, the pretty girl's best friend, Steph, is played by Martha Plimpton. Whoa, and there's one other person who became famous. I forget about him because I don't care about him. And maybe not, you know, famous for the right reasons, but there's also Corey Feldman. That's Haim. No, that's Corey Feldman. Okay, I can't. In this movie. Haim's the blonde one. They're, 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 they were the Corys. They were intertwined. Right. Um, so can I say this? Corey steals the entire movie for me. Oh, he's very good. He's really good. I, and forgot, I forgot about him because I love Sean Astin. In, in a one, I adore him. But a one two, one, two, three punch really for him. Wow. Okay. So he was in Gremlins, Goonies, Stand By Me, and The Lost Boys all within a year of each other. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've seen Stand By Me. I haven't. Wow. Okay. See, we're going to have to catch around on that one. Um, but he steals this movie for me Mm -hmm. from a lot of the other people. And a lot of the kids are are pretty good, but he has... They're decent. What's what's so crazy about him is he has natural personality and charisma. Mm -hmm. And all of the other kids kind of look like kids acting he does too he's he's acting like a kid but he's very confident he also has the role where he is speaking another language as well yes which is fun it's so much fun <laughs> okay that is a wonderful bit where his character his, his mouth is the name of his character because he won't stop talking yeah which is also annoying but great so we should start calling our daughter yeah sorry we've had a day with her where she has not stopped talking <laughs> It is obnoxious. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Mouth is... <laughs> the... Okay. There's too many things. There's a housekeeper that he's explaining in Spanish what to do in the house. Um, he's, he's, he's narrating what the, what the kid's mom wants, uh, wants him to say. But instead of you know saying, oh, this is where the brooms and the mops are going to go, and this is, this is the dresser, he's saying, this is where we put the drugs. If you don't do what we say, we're going to lock you in here for a week. He's saying really outlandish things. This is the cocaine. This is the heroin. You always separate your drugs. This is the sex dungeon. So let's, let's throw this out there. This movie, it'd be a PG-13 now. Was it rated a PG? Yeah. And oh, that was abs- because PG-13 wasn't out. It didn't I think, exist at the time. yet. Yeah. Yeah, this would definitely be PG-13 because the kids literally say shit every 5 minutes, which <laughs> I really do love because the kids in this at this age, that's when you discover curse words. Yeah. And that's totally what's going on. You're saying that, you're saying shit, fuck, crap, damn, and then you're making a lot of sex jokes cuz you just figured out what that means. Exactly. Yeah. Along with fart jokes on the side. Well, yeah, because that never that never ends. We should also throw out there, uh, Joey Pants is in this. Joey Pants. Joe Pantaleano. Oh yeah. 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 I, okay. The Robert of the Robbers. There's Robert Davi who. That's a that's a character actor that yeah. you know him if you've seen him. He's. And he's, they're they're the two brothers who are criminals, yeah, whatever. Just... But yeah, it's Joe Pantaleano. He looks so tall in this movie, and he's kind of short. Well, and they have a toupee on him. Yeah, that's what threw me. He's so skinny, too. So it's it's a little different. He looks tall, and he's a short dude. Um, huh. And then the other one is, I mean, who's fun, even though it, he's not as good in this as he is in Temple of Doom, but his short round, Jonathan K. Kwan, mm-hmm. is, uh, Who is plays also Data. 
Yeah, he's really good in Temple of Doom. But was this first? No. Temple of Doom became, came really? before this. Temple of Doom was 1984. Okay. So. That makes sense. Yeah. It also makes sense because that would be how he probably got cast in this. Okay, so until I was reading, I was reading the trivia for this the other day, I did not realize that this was a Chris Columbus movie mm-hmm. or a Steven Spielberg movie. I never, I never knew those things. I mean, I think I knew about Spielberg. I didn't know his full involvement in it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I knew it was a Spielberg produced movie and it, it has all those hallmarks. It's an adventure movie. It's, you know, kids being put into adult situations, which, you know, E.T. He'd already done that with E.T. Adult situation, not so much as like a precarious. Well, I mean, the kids are going on an adventure. I mean, it's they're, they're not doing anything adult. Yeah, I. It's funny to me because I can only some of this is I can only think of this movie in terms of Indiana Jones. Like to me, okay. it just reads as an Indiana Jones movie that they For then kids. slapped some adorable kids into. Yeah. And and so and Chris Columbus, who I will admit I'm not the biggest fan of all of his stuff. Um, I think it gets a little too cheesy sometimes with him. Mm-hmm. But this in Home Alone, he hits the tone just right on the money. Yes. He really does. I love... Okay, Home Alone is my favorite Christmas movie. Absolute favorite Christmas movie. I've come around movie. to that feeling. I It's not Christmas for me until I've watched Home Alone. I, and I also love watching Home Alone with the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Which includes Chris Columbus and Macaulay Culkin. It does. Um, which is pretty funny. So, there is an element of it, it very much feels like an Indiana Jones movie. Um, How long long is this movie? Depends on which version you're seeing, because we did not see the original version. Oh. Okay, so, you know at the end where Data says, the octopus was really scary. We don't see an octopus. There's a whole sequence with this octopus down there. And that was in the original film? It's cut. There are several different versions, but the original version has never been released to be to be bought. While TV shows it all the time. Weird. It's one of those weird inconsistencies. It's it's well, it's it's okay. business and licensing and somehow Well you would have thought last year was it last year? Recently when they had the anniversary. It'd been twenty fifth it'd been two years ago. Yeah. They would have done that, but they didn't. Hmm. So they probably—I bet you—they showed it in theaters. Yes. When they when they did screenings. Yeah. Um, I mean, so it's about a two-hour movie. There's about thirty minutes. I feel like this movie's thirty you minutes could, too long. Yeah, you could trim thirty minutes from it. There's and there's two. Okay, you could really get rid of all of the sloth and chunk crap. You really could. So sloth. I feel like sloth is a cultural touchstone from this movie. He is. And one, his character doesn't have very much to do. And it, two, I, what's his? What's the purpose of having a character like that involved in this? His job is to befriend the... He's an outcast. Chuck, Chunk is the outcast of the group. And so they are befriended. And Sloth, you assume, is on the side of his family. Right. And he helps rescue the kids. That's fine. Um, I think they went a little too far with the with the uh, disfigured it's, a- animal-like quality. Well, and the way they, they portray him, like, it, it, I know that this is 1985. I know. But it's almost, doesn't it feel like he's supposed to just be 
you know, mentally handicapped in some yes. way, and instead they disfigure him as this horrific Here, monster. Here's the thing. They needed a Hodor, and they yeah. did this instead. Right. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> we want, I like that. We want Hodor. He should be Hodor. Hodor is the best. We love Game of Thrones. I love Hodor. <laughs> yeah. You miss him. Dude. A lot. That was a dramatic moment. <laughs> I think that was the first time I've ever watched TV, and at the end of something, I was crying so uncontrollably we had to pause before I could do the next time on. People Be talked about the Red Wedding, and <laughs> um, no, it was, I, it was it was Hodor it was, for it was us. Hodor. It was woof. Um, yeah, it was bad. But yeah, I, we're gonna we're gonna have to put a GOT spoilers tag on our in our notes. But I could totally I could totally understand getting rid of the sloth character entirely and just have these kids running away from these robbers. The only thing I like about Chunk is <laughs> is the fact that he's he's constantly lying. But then when they when they're threatening to cut off his his fingers, he tells them literally everything he's ever done. I also like that all the robbers are suddenly sympathetic to him. Yes. So uh, you could have you could tighten up a good thirty minutes out of there with that. With that and with other things. Um, Some of the the kids arguing with each other wasn't necessary. Well, we could, okay, so two would start to argue, and then all seven of them would be arguing. It's like, okay, can you keep it to just two or three? We don't all three need to be a part of this at all times. They they somehow have to fit all of these kid actors into the scene mm -hmm. all at the same time, and they're all competing. It's like they're trying moment. to give equal time to each single kid, and that's just not possible when you get that many. I don't know that it was that so much as... I think the way the story and the script is written, it's trying to imitate how kids would actually talk <laughs> without giving the, un and, and that's noble, but that doesn't give the understanding that we have to pay attention to that's that. That's fair. This is also his second movie, so I'm going to give him a pass. What, Chris Columbus? Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, but I don't know that that's a writing decision. That could easily be a directing could decision. Have been. And Richard Donner's been making movies forever. I mean, he'd already been making movies for. I can see Chris this. Columbus making that as a distinct seeing. Yeah. Okay. I love Chris Columbus because uh, he set up Harry Potter. Yeah. Which is he did an amazing job. I don't care what part of the adaptation you don't like. Those first two movies, he did an amazing job. <laughs> like he no, he set them on a very good course. That's fair. Uh, and then, what's his name, Yates? Took David up. Yates took it and ran with it. And Quaron did an amazing job with the one movie he did, even though it's not faithful to the books, I know. Uh, they cut too much out of that adaptation, but tonally and stylistically, he changed it in a way that it needed. Exactly. Which I, but... He also yeah. would have been a bad choice to continue directing those Correct. movies. It was one of those, this is the perfect guy to bring in for this one to, story. To switch it to the next. And totally go in a different direction for us so that we can we can get other people in. Um, because yeah. that's the kind of guy Alfonso Cuaron is. <laughs> we do like him a lot. Um, still haven't watched Gravity. We own it. Still do haven't we? sat down and Did watched it. Did we buy it? it? We bought it. We're really bad about like the day after Thanksgiving. We go to Target and we're like, what's for four bucks? All right, that's the same as renting it. Let's just buy it. And then not watching the movie. Yeah, we have a few of those we haven't done. Eh, whatever. They might show up on this podcast later. It's possible. We do have movies in our collection that one that we haven't seen. That's fair. This is one we had to rent because we don't own it. Um, okay. Yeah, and that is one thing. This one's not out. This one's not out for streaming. 
Nor was Raising Arizona, I think. No, but you own that, so So fine. we happen to own that one. Um, but neither of these are out on streaming, so in order in order to find it through the, what we will say, correct way, <laughs> um, is you'd have to rent it um, either, you know, through it or get we it like to use or... We like to use an app called Just Watch. Yes. And in it, you can put all of the subscriptions you have. So I can put, like, I have Amazon Prime, and I have Netflix, and I have Hulu, and I can search for a movie or a TV show, and it'll tell me if it's available on those. Because, you know, some things now are a bit more, their catalog's a little more hidden. Yeah. Like, if you directly search for it, but I, I can do it all here at once, and then it'll also give you the prices if you can rent or buy through, um, you know, PlayStation's Market. Amazon, Amazon Apple, IT, whichever, yeah. whatever, whatever you're using. Yeah. So. That's, it's a cool app to have. We've got those on our phones. Um, it's called Just Watch. So, let's see. I'm thinking about what else. Um, okay, what about the movie itself did you really like what about the movie itself that i really like um like we talked about the 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 way the dialogue worked Mm -hmm. and the kind of it it takes you back at first but then like you say when you think about it yeah 10 year olds would say shit constantly they would that that's how they would talk they wouldn't Mm -hmm. just you know say whatever and the the notion is that you know this town is being overrun with country club stuff i do Maybe we can get into that with... We'll talk about maybe that being a detracting factor. Because I don't know that they set that story up at all. Okay, they they don't do a very good job of explaining what's actually happening. Yeah. Okay, so they're all... All the kids, they're really good... They all clearly live together. Live... They're friends. They live nearby. Right. Um, the, the families whose home we're in, the Walshes, it, their home is being foreclosed on. Right. And it's being foreclosed because... A developer has come in and is taking over the goondocks, which is the whole area, to, to make way for a big development. And I think it's it's part of the country club expansion. Yeah, the country club. They're, and they're yeah. getting they're getting gentrified, and that's whatever. Um, so that's what's happening. But the lo- the local town, the local people in the town are getting moved out. They're, by yeah, they're getting forced out. So and there's so little, and I wonder if that's if that's played a lot more in that original version that you talk. Yeah, about. I'm curious if there's a few more scenes um, establishing who and how and why, like a little more information. So all these kids are sad that they're going to have to leave soon, and they're um, and so they go in search of this treasure. Yeah. Um, because you know if they get this treasure, then they can buy their homes and stay. Um, so which is kind of depressing. It's a. It, it's really depressing for the kids to know that they're going to lose their home. Yeah, the subtext of the movie is dark, and that that is that's probably another thing I do actually like about it is, yeah. it, they're not, they're not kids that are that are unaware of what's going on. And they're so not, often in movies they try to make kids blissfully unaware of the problems around them. Yeah, and this one doesn't. These do kids that absolutely at all. know what's happening, um, and they're not happy about it, which is totally fair because it's not like the adults are happy about it either. What's the thing? Um, of... So, but like, I like that the kids are trying to be like, let's go have one more adventure before this is all over. If the kid is four, yeah. it's a different story. But, yes. But kids these age would know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, you can you can see that you know a show that we have watched and love. It's Stranger Things. So clearly, are the kids inspired oh, by absolutely. Goonies and that the bikes, the the trail, the the 
always going to be ready for the adventure stuff. Yeah. I know there's a little bit of E.T. with that, too. There are a lot of 80s movies influences in Stranger Things. Absolutely. And, and that specifically because they made it an homage to that. Oh, yeah. And it, took, and it takes um, place in the 80s. But, but um, Goonies was especially cited, and I and you can understand why in seeing that, how they developed the kid characters. In that yeah, movie. and they've got this bond that's really cool. Despite dealing with dark stuff yeah. in their past. They're, they're best friends. Yep. Which is great. And I like, you know, even though Brand and Mikey are always fighting, you know, that's that's your brother. They do, it's kind of one of those, I'm allowed to beat up my brother, but don't you dare touch my brother. They play they play that really well. Um, and they're they're very young actors. Mm-hmm. So, so they did good. Like, nobody is horrible. No. Like, even Chunk, who's not great, is not horrible. <laughs> He's pretty good. Um, like, honestly, if, if, I'm, if I'm picking one that's kind of... Uh, it gets really annoying. It's either Andy, who's supposedly the girl love. She's interest, written horrible. Or honestly, it's Sean Astin. I d- I think he gives maybe the weakest performance out of all of them. I'm not saying he does a bad job, but if I'm gonna pick one in I'm there, shaking my head. No, he's great. No, honestly, I think the war- I think the weak link is Data. Nah, because he's got he's got plenty of fun stuff to chew on. I, I think they went too cheesy with him. Yeah. I and mean, that's why he grates on me. Well, and also the thing is, is that we know, we know that actor can do more. Yes. We saw, if you, mm-hmm. if you saw him in Temple of Doom, you know what he's capable yeah, of. Yeah, so I don't, I don't like the character in the movie. Yeah. But I love Sean Astin. I fell in love with him in Encino Man. <laughs> which is where we all see no which is where we met brendan fraser and Polly shore oh gosh such a weird time for me <laughs> it's a good movie and Cena man's fabulous so actually but a better Polly shore man that Polly shore movie is son-in-law i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say it another controversial opinion here all right I think every Polly Shore movie is pretty good, right? They're fun. Like Son-in-Law, Encino Man, Biodome, and Jury in the Army now. In the Army now and Jury Duty. I didn't really like Jury Duty, and Encino Man is not my favorite. I think my fa- my favorite Polly Shore movie is um, Son-in-Law, but I have a special place for Biodome because there was one summer where me and a good friend of mine uh, we we uh, we watched that movie every day. And we may have been stoned. <laughs> not every not every day that we watched it, but there are very many times where we were. But in the army now is pretty fun too. It I gets cannot, wacky. I could not have done it without the help of my brother, the pool man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Love Sean Astin. And it, okay, and also a really funny thing about Josh Brolin is that this last year for Halloween, Josh Brolin went as his character from Goonies for Halloween. He was brand. Yeah, he went as brand. It was pretty cute. He's aged very well. Um, I mean, the jokes are good. That's cute. It's, it, is, it is not... I will give it this. A lot of those movies in retrospect become really annoying to mm-hmm. watch and... I don't know what I don't know what the right word is, but they they become they they don't hold up mm-hmm. with cultural references, which this has very refreshingly few. It has few. It's mostly that they make um, fart, poop, and dick jokes, which is which stand the timeless. test of time. <laughs> <laughs> There's no issues there. Um, so they 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 do they don't date the movie very much in that way, mm-hmm. um, and the kids are really good. There's just there. 
there's some of that problematic stuff. I mean, like, the sloth thing is just mm-hmm. really weird to watch. You just feel weird watching it. I don't know that I feel, you know, offended. I just... It, it, it's if the movie was being made today, that's not how, they wouldn't have that character. No, they wouldn't, and it, it's just it feels weird. It I does. don't know why. Because um, they're keeping their brother like as a slave, and they, he, you know, part of it they don't explain why, other yeah. than he's you, disabled. You assume it's because he's he's not an attractive person because he's clearly been dropped by his mother several times. He's been... Which she admits to. He's been horribly disfigured. And, you know, it... Part of it is that if they played that straight, it would become really, really creepy. Yeah. It's just... It's weird. It's a weird part of the movie that doesn't need to be there, it feels like. Okay. So, how many stars? I give it a three. Okay. It's a solidly watchable movie. Okay. But at the end of it, it doesn't leave me, you know, so excited that I got to watch it. It's it's an easy thing to turn on, enjoy, but mm-hmm. not really, you know, have to see again. That's fair. Or have super strong impressions from it later. Okay. What about you? I think I'm going to put, I think I would put it as a two. A two. Mm-hmm. Wow. There are things I like. There are people that I like. If it's on, I wouldn't instantly just turn it off. But I'm not going to watch it again. That's fair. I didn't, since when we watched it yesterday, I haven't seen that movie in at least ten years, and it's not a movie I'm going to show Lucy. So, like ever. If she's like, I want to watch this movie, can I watch it? I'd be like, sure. And then she'd be like, they're saying shit. I'd be like, you can't say shit. You can't say that word till you're an adult. <laughs> That's our rule in our house is that uh, those are grown-up words, and you can say them when you're a grown-up. That's a good solid rule. I mean, I have a potty mouth, and it's not going to change. <laughs> so she's going to hear those words. She's going to know those words. She will eventually understand exactly what they mean. <laughs> but she's not allowed to repeat them. That's the rule. So so average it out, two and a half stars, which makes sense. It's a, it's a very average movie mm-hmm. with some above-average jokes and some above-average child actors. Yeah. I don't, I, think, I don't have anything else to add about Goonies. I got Goonies. nothing else with that movie. Okay, cool. So what are we watching next time? Well, yes. so I'll throw it out there for a pick. So we've we've got two ideas here. Okay. The first is that we, we've talked about Blade Runner, mm-hmm. which you have, to my utter chagrin, never seen. Mm-hmm. I've never seen um, it. And with the sequel coming up, you'll absolutely need to see it. Which I I am very interested in seeing the sequel, so I'm like, all right, I should see the first one. And honestly, in order to see the sequel, I feel like you've got to have the background on the movie itself. That's fair. Um, But that doesn't come for another month or so. So I think we'd have time to do one more movie, uh, another round before then. Okay. So the other movie I'm interested in doing is Network, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a media satire that... Who's in that one? Um... The big names in it, honestly, it's a lot of people that you probably don't know. The two big names you would know are Robert Duvall and Faye Dunaway. Hmm. But it's got a lot of older actors in it um, that are famous. William Holden, Peter Finch. Yeah, um, and a Holden. Okay, and then uh, Sidney Lumet directed it. I don't know that name. Um, but one of my favorite directors, and honestly, it's a, it's a movie about news and media that at the time blew my mind 
and now is even more predictive and prescient. Hmm. Like, culturally, it's just absolutely on point for what we're dealing with media-wise. Well, I'll probably... Here's the thing. We're going to end up watching both. Right. Um, I'm probably going to go with Blade Runner first. Okay. I probably want to do Blade Runner first. All right. So we've so I own Blade Runner. Okay. So we have all four versions because I bought the super deluxe set. I, I I need to look at it. I think the final cut is the one. We want to watch. Ridley Scott's done like four cuts of this movie, and the final cut is the newest one he did that okay. I think is supposed to be full and complete. We can get into that when we talk about the movie later, about the different versions okay. and why those exist. But, but we're gonna do we're gonna do Blade Runner. We'll watch Blade Runner. You'll see it. I hope your mind is completely blown because it's kind of it. an amazing movie. I'm excited for it. Um, so it's one it's it's one I want to see. Good. So, we're so good. we should enjoy that. All right. Cool. So we just want to talk a little bit about a recent movie we went to see. Um, yes. We uh, while we're watch trying to fill in the stuff we should have been watching all these years. We still have to go to the movies. We go, We typically try to go once a week. We don't always get there. Uh, but we... we. And any week we go, we uh, this is something we want to we feature too. We want to talk about the movies that we see. Or, you know, if something has really caught our eye, we'll, we'll bring it up. So this last week, uh, David had a birthday. Uh, you may have seen that on Instagram post. <laughs> um, but uh, we went and saw Logan Lucky, uh, <laughs> and, which is a, a new Steven Soderbergh film. His first since retirement, yeah, apparently. He, he decided he was going to retire, and then he decided to do this film with Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, and uh, Daniel Craig, mm-hmm. the headliners. And it was awesome. It's so good. I have no complaints. I have no critiques. And that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it it's, it's paced right. It's 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 very well paced. It's hilarious. It's not. Um, it's definitely poking some fun at the NASCAR culture, um, but it's not insulting to. No, in fact, in a lot of ways, I feel like it's it's really understanding of NASCAR culture. Yes. Um, there's some there's some very light social commentary that comes into the movie. Yeah. Um, in, you know, in the setup for, for Channing Tatum's character that I'm just like, that's brilliant. That's a brilliant way to deal with that issue yeah. without trying to club people over the head or knowing you're make you're not making a movie about that. Yeah. Because I mean, ultimately we don't, I'm not going to ruin anything by telling you this is a redneck Ocean's Eleven. And it, which makes a lot of sense. Steven Soderbergh did Ocean's Eleven. Exactly. Um, but I have to say, uh, Channing Tatum's phenomenal because he's not playing a hunky dude. He's just he's just playing a great straight character, yeah, hard hard working guy. Yeah. And then Adam Driver plays his brother, and Adam Driver has gotten a lot of shit. Um, people just called him that weird looking dude from Girls, and then he was Kylo Ren. And, yeah. A lot of people didn't like him. He's an amazing actor. I mean, this proves it. This he is great. I mean, he he's not a conventional looking guy. It just reminds me of it. it so the parallels to raising Arizona and having seen raising yeah, Arizona. Yeah, we had just seen were it. Insane, but he. I mean, it's 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 like he's high. He, he is H I McDonough. He, he really is, 
And when, what did I say when we walked out? I was like, I feel about this the way you talk about Raising Arizona. Exactly. Because this movie is amazing. It, it's, it's tight with that. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Gives the performance. I, I one wanna, of the performances of his career. People talk about, you know, Sexy Beast or uh, Layer Cake is the one they talk about with him. Yes. And, and you know, the and Matthew Vaughn grungy gangster type. Which, and then, of course, he's been Bond, so he's been sexy, you know, assassin man. But this, this he's just so different and fun and weird. He is, he is perfect. Joe Bang. Joe Bang. <laughs> and I just, I really want to see him more do, do more comedy. He, he blew this out of the water. I love it. And so then the other thing we found out, so his, so the, the two younger brothers, a lot of the other people are kind of no-name character actors. And that's, uh, that's a Soderbergh specialty. He yeah. likes to use a lot of kind of non-actors. Katie, Katie Holmes is in it. Um, Riley Keough is in it. Riley, I think it's Kay. Just, or, I don't know. Elvis Presley's granddaughter's in it. She's good. That's her cl- name, claim to fame. Um, she's good. And who else is in there? So the two... Oh, oh there's Dwight Yoakam is in there. Oh, Dwight... Dwight Yoakam as the warden of the prison. Which is great. Um, and then who is... Okay. So, and then there's these two brothers... Joe there's, Bang's brothers get involved in the heist. And we look... And I was looking at it because I was like, hey, somehow these guys look we, 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 we know these people. One of them is the daughter of Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid. Yeah. And then one of them is the son of Brendan Gleeson, the Scottish actor. Mm-hmm. So they are, they, they look like their parents. And after there's you see some, it, it's like, there's oh, some Hollywood royalty. A little bit of Hollywood royalty, but it, you know, it's, it's that thing of Soderbergh just pulls random people mm-hmm. that'd be good and fun and then, and then throws them in. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it is everything good about the South. Yeah. It, it touches on what's good about that culture and then what's hilarious about it mm-hmm. and not completely about being bludgeoned over the head, which I know there's so many problems with Southern stuff and what we're dealing with now. This is a fun way to talk about it without being overly harsh. I don't know. It's, it's, there's uh, nothing they say, any f- fun they're making is in is in is lighthearted. Exactly. There's nothing. There's no uh, making fun of anyone's intelligence. Um, there's, well, I mean, there there is, but they that's proven wrong. Um, it's great. It's just fun. It's a great it's movie. It's just a good movie. Uh, it's being very well received. I think it or it was like 99 on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and then it got like one bad review and it got knocked down to 98. But it is so fun. You should go see it. Absolutely. Any we're excited about? Uh, we're going to see Ingrid Goes West this week, so Aubrey. the next time we record, we're gonna go. We'll talk about that. Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, we love her. And this is gonna be a fun dark turn. Dark turn, and then at least I'm hoping. <laughs> and then what else do we have? Well, then September's gonna be a busy month because in one week we get uh, uh, Kingsman, Golden Circle. We get the My Little Pony movie, and then we get Lego Ninjago, <laughs> and. <laughs> Spoiler alert, our, we're sitting in our new little studio nook, and it's where I'm currently surrounded by Legos. I've got the Simpsons Quickie Mark in Lego form. Uh, David just finished his Lego Death Star that he got for Christmas. Yep. I have the Lego Yellow Submarine. There's so many Legos. And then we have a lot of Lego Batman movie Legos. Oh, there's my Eiffel Tower. I forgot that was back there. <laughs> we like Legos. There's going to be a lot of those around. 
I need to make our Macintosh and Mod logo out of Legos. Ooh, yes. I need to do that and get one of those bricks that goes on the wall and put it here. I'll do that. I'll work I'll work on that. So that's it. I'll start this. designing it. That's it for this time, I think. Yeah. Alright. Alright, thanks y'all. Bye. That's it for this episode. Please take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes. And for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com.